Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. What a fantastic day it is. What a journey it has been. What an adventure we've all had. This is solemnly, sadly, but also happily. Yeah. Bittersweet. The final episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part four, Diamond is Unbreakable, discussed here on our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, Jojo's World. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. On this day, this Saturday of all days, we watched... Don't tell them the actual day. The 39th and final episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, entitled Goodbye, Morio Town, The Golden Heart. Aww. Covering chapters 436 through 439... Of the manga. The end of Dodo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable. Did you say Dodo's yep. episode? Dodo, Dodo, anime that flies. Nine ninety per month. Connect yourself with Dodo. Hey, speaking of Dodos, did you know that this episode, Liam, has been brought to you by someone near and dear to all of our hearts? And I'm not talking about Koichi. I'm talking about Stern J. Explain that segue to me. Well, Koichi is... No, the Dodo thing. Oh. Well, Dodos are small. And Koichi, also small. And Koichi, close to heart. Fetching. Very fetching. In fact, so fetching, he reminds me of Stern J. Stern J, one of our JoJo's World patrons. A proud sponsor, I assume. Not sponsor. A proud... (laughs) uh, Patron. Yeah, that's close enough. Supporter of the arts. Yeah, supporter of high art, I'd say. Mm. Really podcasting, and specifically media recapping discussion podcasting, Mm. is the highest form of art. Mm. As we all know, objectively. Yeah. Yeah. Just so meaningful. You know, we're really the creative people out here. (laughs) We're the perceptive ones with the newest takes on society and its norms. No one's ever done these bits about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure before. No one's ever fallen in love with Koichi before. But you know who else I could fall in love with? Me. I was going to say Stern J, but maybe. <laughs> thank you, Stern J, for your support. Thank you, Stern J, for your support. And thank you, Koichi, for everything you brought me. Patreon.com slash JoJo's World. <laughs> and you too can have a say your name in this cadence. Stern J? Stern J. So anyway. Nick. Yeah. Goodbye, Morio. Goodbye, Morio Town. No. That's me doing Dio falling into the fire. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. Uh, goodbye, Morio Town. The Golden Heart. The Golden Heart. I get that reference now. It's not what I thought it was. <laughs> it's not the literal Golden Heart on Josuke's uniform. No, it's something deeper. It's something more. A metaphor. Ew. I don't want metaphors. I want literals. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what are our uh, preliminary thoughts on this episode? Good. Very good. Good good, uh, good closure? Yes. Very like, um, uh, very poetic in nature mm. where everything sort of ties together in ways that you're like, you know what? I didn't think this is what would happen. But at the same time, it's good that this is what happened. Yeah. You know? I really like, and we'll talk about this more in detail later, but I really like that um, Morio is a nice place now montage at the end of the um, mm. at the end of the episode. Sort of, um, it's a bit on the nose, but I still like it because it just feel good. Sort of um, really making explicit that theme we've been talking about, about how in part four, it's about, you know, if you, um, if you put yourself into your community and actively participate, it becomes a better place mm-hmm. and you become a better person. And we really just see everyone who has done that. <laughs> Just intermingling with one another. Yeah, it's just nice. Mm, it's good. It reminds you of what it is to be Mario and Yeah. 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 And what is more Mario than humanity? What is more Mario than petty theft from a family member? <laughs> Makes me so happy. Yeah, no, it's good. I like all mm-hmm. of it. This episode. Every, good. Everyone got a good moment. Uh, Koichi did some stuff. Jotaro did some stuff. Josuke didn't really do much. <laughs> What are you talking about? He did everything. Raimi got some good content. Arnold got some good good content. Yeah, but Arnold, 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 Arnold is a. You see what I? You see why I have a thing with Arnold now, don't you? <laughs> just Arnold is the vehicle for that poetic nature mm-hmm. that I'm. Yeah. Anyway, and he just looks so funny. Just when he's okay, we'll get to it. But he just has that face on him. Just that beautiful face, expressionless dog face with like vague reptile qualities. <laughs> Oh, what a beautiful bastard. Oh. Anyway, yeah. No, it's good. It's very good. I'm really happy with everything about it. It's like, 
you don't always get shows that end so well, you know? Like, sometimes the conclusion can feel really like, oh, that wasn't very good. Like, you know, the entire last season of How I Met Your Mother. I liked the ending of How I Met Your Mother. And anyone who says otherwise can go screw. Ooh, Liam, we've just lost half of our viewership thanks to you. Liam, <laughs> 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 well, let me just pull you aside for a second. You do realise that losing viewers is bad, right? Uh, oh, no. See, we get, we get money from Patreon. Nick, can I have a brief aside within this aside? Sure, yeah. I just want to say, I, I, I don't give a damn what anyone else thinks. That was a good series of TV and I'll take it to my grave. Hang on, just as another aside within this aside, mm-hmm. um, TV is a dying medium, so don't even bring it up ever again. Nick, can I have a brief aside within this aside? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these shows are available on um, at on-demand streaming now, and while TV, broadcast TV isn't really doing so well, I think it's having... Televised fictional content is having a new renaissance within on-demand television. And just as an aside within this aside, mm-hmm. hey everyone and welcome to JoJo's World. Hey everyone, you dug through, you incepted us, we incepted you, and now we're back at the top. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, your dad. Man, that was weird. Alright, anyway. We open. <laughs> Kira's cornered. Everyone is there. They're all like, that's no gas explosion. And that's Yoshikage Kira. And I think we actually come into the episode as Hayato is mid-sentence in this big monologue being like, so as I was saying, everyone here is like full of justice and they're all going to kick your butt because we've got like good hearts and you can't, you can't deal with that Yoshikage Kira serial killer and hand fetishist. Spoiler alert. He can't. Whoa. We get a lot of shots in this whole sequence of like Kira will say or do something and then about half of the assembled protagonists will react to it in one way or another, just getting mm. their lines in. It reminds me of when we write a group scene in a, in a play in uni and like, oh, such and such hasn't had a line for a while. They should say this thing here. <laughs> it's like all of them are just like, you fool. You can't possibly escape. You idiot. You can't escape. I agree too. Do you feel the impending doom coming down on him? Yes. The impending doom on him. Kira's freaking out. His eyes are doing some interesting things right now where they're getting like big and round and his irises are going kind of like um, wobbly. Yeah, like crazy. Yeah, like yeah. he's under a lot of pressure. Mm. Uh, we get one final wide shot of the Pepsi sign reminding us to drink delicious Pepsi. <laughs> it's a thing that I'm not doing, okay? You can't force it into me. And he's, he's going into denial where he's like, this is a dream, you know? I'm, I'm Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist. I only deliberately try to be bad at things. I'm actually great. I could never be cornered like this. I must be dreaming. The mere fact Pinch I got me. caught means this isn't real. Pinch me with your sexy severed hands. <laughs> <laughs> severed hands. <laughs> nice we're, bringing, we're bringing back all the hits this oh, week. no. <laughs> so, um, is this the part where the lady comes over? Well, first, there's a bit more, um, bit more of that everyone reacting to stuff. There's yep. a good moment where ok- Okiyasu and Josuke finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> it's like Okiyasu's like, "You don't have anywhere." Cut to Josuke to run. I feel like they've really developed as friends. Yeah, you know. <laughs> At first, they hated each other, but what is a friend more than a true enemy? What's a couple of near-death experiences to really bring people together? Mm. Maybe that's what we're lacking, Liam. Mm, yeah. Near-death experiences. I should choke you out right now and then resuscitate you. And that will be true friends. Yeah. Everyone's all like, that's Kira. He'll never get away. And then, yeah, this EMT lady you mentioned comes over and is like, hey, are you okay? I'm a nondescript human female who works as a paramedic <laughs> that's just here to see you, an injured person, if you're okay. Boy, hopefully nothing weird is about to happen to me. <laughs> anyway, lie down. There's a lot going on here because A, um, the protagonists see like Killer Queen come out and start doing some stuff and they react to that. But also, I feel like this is Kira. He's cornered. He's been physically beaten pretty intensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically been stripped of all of his artifice of being like too cool, smart, real for everyone. Uh, and also being like the secret secret uh respectable man with a dark dark fetish Mm. Uh, and so he's just basically a creep lying in the street now (laughs) and everyone's like who is this mysterious man we don't know yet we haven't identified him Mm. there's a brief aside between um what i'm gonna call the um the mature caucus which is rohan and jotaro it's like (laughs) 
not outwardly moving, but standing next to each other and quietly talking like, Jotaro, we need Star Platinum to do some stuff. Are you ready? And Jotaro's like, yes, but I'm too far away. I need to get about five meters closer. I'm, I'm slightly out of range. Things are not going to go my way if I run in because he's probably set that woman up to be a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah. And Hayato now finally tells everyone about Bites the Dust. It's like, he's got a special bomb that activates only when he's in trouble. Uh, uh, he, it blows up time. That's what he says. Uh, you know what? Some weirder things have happened, so I'm willing to believe that. Yep. He's going to turn her into his special one who can only know about him and then we'll all explode because we know about him. Mm. I'm not 100% sure if that's how that works, but okay. I mean, he... Hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Don't <laughs> think it through too much. Kira being big, weird creep down on the floor, cover in blood. Yeah. He's like, oh, your hands are so soft, professional EMT lady. Uh, and he he takes his hand, her hands into his hands. Whoa, whoa, you're going a bit fast there. First thing he does, <laughs> okay... Is he grabs her hands like, oh, you know, my name is Yoshikage Kira. Serial killer and hand, hand fetishist. fetishist. You know, you have such smooth, lovely hands, you know. And he starts rubbing his face on them. No, no, he goes, please give me the honor of letting me feel your hand. It's always calming to feel yeah. a soothing hand on so my face. So soft. I like to rub my cheek with them. That calms me down. So he, he grabs the hand, like after rubbing it a bit with his thumbs. And then pulls it in closer. He just starts rubbing it on his bloody, bleeding face. His, his body language really reminds me of a cat in this moment. Um, like rub, like how a cat would rub up against your hand. When yeah, it, when it wants affection. Which is, of course, you know, that's clearly his motif. Yeah. Uh, and then he starts monologuing a little bit about how, oh, you know, when I was young, I got to go to Italy. So No, he didn't go to Italy. Italy oh. Sorry, in an art book. Sorry. Um, but we Italy. get, like, the inciting incident for Kira being the way he is, apparently. I mean, obviously underlying tendencies, but <laughs> this, is, this is where he began to fixate on the women's hands. So basically, he was like, I got this Italian art book, and inside of it, there was this beautiful image of, I'm sure you know about it, the Mona Lisa. Oh, I saw her. And I wasn't drawn to her her sly smile like most people are, or her her knowing eyes that seem to follow you around the room. No, no man, no, no, no. I was all about damn hands. They were beautiful, so I cut them out and put them on my wall. You know, like a normal person would. And when that happened, okay, so two things about this and, entire and, and scene. And we see Lil Kira in his room with like a big blown up yeah. image of the Mona Lisa's hands on his wall. So two things about this scene. One. I hypothesize to you, wouldn't it be just perfect if the lady got really freaked out by all of this and just ran away of her own accord? Jim, Jim, can you come over here and deal with this guy? He's getting a bit touchy-feely. <laughs> and two, um, so it all makes sense now, Liam. Yep. I don't know if this needed to be explained. Oh, but, it did. Uh, oh, it did. Oh, and we shouldn't skip over. We shouldn't skip over that iconic line, um, translated less iconically in this particular uh, Crunchyroll translation, but mm. uh, that iconic line, um, when I saw her hands, how should I say it? I got I a boner. A... <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt very dirty, um, so I got an erection. <laughs> uh, hands, am I right? Please validate me, random paramedic lady. <laughs> you can save me. Physically and spiritually, right? Until I murder you. Hey, can you just give me a hand for a second? Oh, that's the Hey, stuff. I could really use a hand right now. I'm Yoshikage Kira. It's a bit of a joke. <laughs> hey, have you ever heard of Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist? Because I have. Because I'm he. He is me. <laughs> the Mona Lisa, uh, mm -hmm. also known as Mona Lisa in the Italian, or La Gioconda. The what? La Gioconda. Huh. Is a half-length portrait painting by Leonardo da Vinci that has been described as the best known, most visited, most written about, most sung about, and most parodied work of art in the world. Yeah, but what's so great about it? <laughs> it's one of the most valuable paintings in the world. Um, How much is it worth? Holds the Guinness World Record for highest known insurance valuation in history at 100 million in 1962, which, when adjusted for inflation, is worth about 820 million. I mean, that's not too bad. <laughs> Thought to be a portrait of Lisa Gerardan uh, Gerardini, the wife of Francesco del Giocondo. Uh, Who are these people? Italian, <laughs> Italian nobles, probably. Okay, sure. I'm told that um, part of the reason the Mona Lisa is so famous is because of. Uh, 
a theft that occurred uh, of it at, mm-hmm. at some point in its history. Let's just skip down to the theft and vandalism point of its Wikipedia page. Hey, when you say someone told you, is that someone Wikipedia? No, that someone is the character Phantom Lim from Venture Bros. <laughs> Who was selling art, stolen art, and it was like, no, this is a much better painting than the Mona Lisa. Yes. It's only famous because it was stolen. I remember that. <laughs> oh. On 21st of August 1911, the painting was stolen from the Louvre. The theft was not discovered. The Louvre, of course, famous for Rohan Kashibe going there at one point in his spin-off manga. <laughs> Ooh. The theft was not discovered until the next day when painter Louis Beroud walked into the museum and went to the Salon car where the Mona Lisa had been on display for five years, only to find four iron pegs on the wall. He contacted the head of the guards, who had thought the painting was being photographed for promotional purposes. A few hours later, they checked and uh, discovered it was not with the photographers, and the Louvre was closed for an entire week during the investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, French poet Guillaume Apollinaire came under suspicion and was arrested and imprisoned. He implicated his friend Pablo Picasso, who was brought in for questioning, <laughs> both later exonerated, and the thief was revealed two years later to be the Louvre employee Vincenzo Perugia. What a dick! who had stolen the Mona Lisa by entering the building during regular hours, hiding in a broom closet, and walking out with it hitting under his coat after the museum had closed. Wait, the Louvre... Wait, okay, the Mona Lisa is not a small painting. It actually is much smaller than most people expect it to be. Oh. But it's still would be quite a challenge to fit it in your coat. I would assume that it had been removed from the frame and rolled up. Oh. Which would not be good for the preservation of the artwork. I'll no. tell you that much for no, free. Definitely having not. worked in an art gallery myself. Yeah. I thought you worked in a museum. Well, you thought wrong. God damn it. Anyway, um, he was an Italian patriot who thought that it should be returned for display in an Italian museum. Ah. Before its 1911 theft, the Mona Lisa was not widely known outside the artwork, art world. It was not until the 1860s that some critics, a thin slice of the French intelligentsia, began to hail it as a masterwork of Renaissance painting. Even in 1911, it was not popular among the lay public before the theft. Huh. So the only reason it's really known is because... Because of scandal. Well, there you go. Mm. Truly, one cannot appreciate a work until its context has been blindly beaten into a submission. Absolutely. Ten facts you may not know about the Mona Lisa. Hit me. Um, She, she, the the model, is thought to have lived with uh, Francois I, Louis XIV, uh, and Napoleon. No, sorry, the painting. Oh, okay, not the woman. For some reason, it referred to the painting as she, which I don't care for, but whatever. It's a painting, but not a canvas. It's painted on a poplar plank. A plank? A plank. A plank. It has its own room in the Louvre. has its own room? Yep. Jesus. Okay. After that theft, I suppose. (laughs) No one may ever touch it or come Um, near to it. You must stand far away. I'm bored of this list. There's nothing interesting in here. (laughs) Man, the internet's really ruined our attention span. The Mona Lisa. Yeah, so basically... It's hands made Kira super horny and he became a serial killer. It all comes together now. It's like all of JoJo's is like the pursuit of beauty in different ways. And this is one way to pursue beauty, right? Sure. By finding the most beautiful part of someone and rejecting the rest. Like, you know, when... when Much like how Dio and Jonathan were inspired by great Italian statuary in their design. Mm. Yoshikage Kira was inspired in a motivational sense by another great Italian work of art. Exactly. Mona Lisa's hands, not the rest of her. Remember how they made a fifth Ninja Turtle for that live action series and it was the only one who was a girl? And rather than naming her after a famous painter like the rest, they named her after a famous work of art, Venus de Milo. Oh no. That's not good. (laughs) That's not good at all. Why not just name her like... After a famous... Well, I'm sure that, I'm sure it was lady. trickier to find because of the time. a long history of uh, mm. institutional sexism. Mm. A, uh, a female painter from the era of such renown as Michelangelo mm. or Leonardo or Donatello or Raphael. But I feel like they could have still picked someone. Yeah, rather but this... than a painting. Yeah, a statue. Is the Venus originally a statue or a painting? Well, we're talking about the particular Venus de Milo. Is that a statue? I think so. It's got no arms. I thought that it was a painting, though. I thought... You might be thinking of the birth of Venus, you know, where she's riding the clam or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Mm. Mm. Same we mythological figure. Yeah, we know art, Liam, you and I. <laughs> uh, truth emerging from her well to shame mankind is a good painting. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is there going to be a lot of this in part five where it's like, hey, we're going to steal this thing from an art gallery? I don't think so, but uh, I suppose we'll see. 
Truth coming out of her well. Right, so that's Truth. It's a naked woman uh, called Truth climbing out of her well with a stick. <laughs> to shame, that, coming to shame broom? mankind. Isn't that a broom? A broom, a stick, whatever. A switch. It's a broom a to Nintendo wipe away switch. the falsities of our existence, Liam. It all makes sense. But we digress. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, Episode 39, which I neglected to mention is the 113th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. Which is brought to you by Sternjay. Probably should have mentioned that after the episode number. <laughs> Kira. He's like, I'm Yoshikage Kira. I've murdered 48 women because of their hands. And, and now you'll be the only one who knows my terrible secret. You'll know my identity before you die. So we briefly see a, shot, a close-up shot of her eyes and we see the killer queen start to appear in there. And everyone's like, he's doing it. We need to stop him before he finishes doing it. Jotaro, stop him. You're, you're the only one who can stop time, literally. Jotaro and Rohan start running forward. Josuke tries, but he's... Got two bits of staircases yep. hanging out of him. Not highly mobile at the moment. Doesn't really figure into the rest of this confrontation much, but I feel like he's done his part. Yeah, he was the one who brought them into this situation. Yeah. He just won't be the one to take them out. It's interesting, um, like, I feel like most of our final confrontations in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to date um, have been largely one person carrying the weight, but this is a real team effort. Mm. Like, mm. arguably in the Dio confrontation, everyone gave it a crack, but other than Kakuine figuring out what the deal with Time Stop was, no one else really made much headway. And even then, Jotaro would have probably found a way because Jotaro just do that. Yeah. Like, literally every time anything bad happened to Jodo, he's like, yeah, oh. but I have a new power now, so mm-hmm. Starfinger. So, you know, Hayato got Josuke into a situation where he could beat up Kira. Mm. Josuke beat up Kira. Okiyasu <laughs> saved his life. Uh, and now Rohan, Koichi, and uh, Jotaro are here to, to just put a nice button on things. Rohan doesn't really help much in the confrontation, but he did do the bulk of that investigative work that we saw. <laughs> Did he, though? It takes a village to stop a serial killer, really. That is true. That is true. Well, if Rohan hadn't taken that picture of Hayato filming his uh, quote-unquote dad... Yeah, fair, fair. Rohan is all like, yep, I figured it out now. He must be Kira, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Vaguely. And if Rohan weren't Rohan, we never would have met Raimi Sugimoto and we never would have got him ah, into this whole mess. Ah, true that. That was his contribution, just being himself. Yeah. Inquisitive. And not very nice. <laughs> Reclusive, but getting better. More on that later. Ooh. They all run through. Kira's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to... Push the limit. Push it to the limit. So he raises up his hand. He's all like, you fools. Gonna press that trigger. Gonna do it. Jotaro, stop him. Click. Boom. We get like um, a Majora's Mask style falling backwards through time sequence as Kira like is sucked into a swirling Doctor Who vortex of colours. And he's like, I've done it. And there's space in the universe and like tessellating patterns. And he's like, yes, I'm going back in time. So then he emerges from clouds. That's the power of love. Birds fly from the sky and he awakens in an alleyway. A somewhat familiar looking alleyway. And he's all like, ha my coat's in one piece. I'm in one piece. <gasps> it worked. I'm a genius. Sticks his arms out, out wide, up, hands upstretched, kind of like cocks his hips and spreads his legs and is like, ha 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 ha. I'm Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist. Like an evil Jesus. <laughs> I did it. Yes. And he just mocks everyone else. He's like, oh, this is hilarious. Until suddenly. Those little birds. They fly past him again. But not past him. Through him. He's like, huh. That was weird. That's never happened before. I don't remember being translucent. Maybe I got a new power that lets birds fly through me. I don't really remember taking this way to go to work either. That's yeah. odd. Because, uh, you know, I would have been sent back in time an hour. So. I'd just be back home. Or on the way to work from home. Or possibly standing behind a tree staring at Hayato. Hmm. What time is it anyway? Let me just check my watch. Oh, that's funny. Why my watch isn't on my wrist? Hmm. Oh, of course. I burnt my hands. I put it in my pocket. No, I would love if he was just like, hey, my watch isn't there. Must be watch o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, seriously, where the fuck is my watch? Oh, of course. It's in my coat pocket. Pulls it out. Why? This watch is smashed. But that shouldn't have happened. Because that... Because time. That, that would happen before. Yeah. But this is before. But... I- no, what? This doesn't make any sense. My watch is broken and it reads 8.29am. Is that an accurate time reading? Unclear. But this happened at 8.29. But that... 
But this, what? Two familiar figures loom into the foreground. One four legs, one two legs. Both heavily wounded, but otherwise fine for being dead ghosts. Arnold isn't there yet. Yeah, he was. He's in this shot and then he goes away for a long oh. time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Raimi emerges is like, do you remember me? I remember you, even though you changed your face and everything about you. It's me. 15 years ago. Something traumatic must have happened to you recently and you've repressed it. Otherwise, you'd know exactly what's going on. What are you talking about? I'm the Oshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist. I know exactly what I'm about. I'll never die. And then <laughs> she's like, I'll show you that... Uh, you're already dead. And then she punches him and ten minutes later he explodes. <laughs> That's not at all what happens, Liam. What's the time span on that thing happening? What? The you're already dead thing. Uh, it's like... Okay, so... so Okay, so if we're talking about Fist of the North Star here, yeah. right? Basically, anytime he touches anyone, it's in their chakra spot? Sure. Or like their, their pressure points so that their spiritual like a, energies um, are contained or something. Oh god. Like an acupuncture sort of thing. Exactly like acupuncture. So as soon as he does anything like that, they're basically already dead. So there's this one episode of Fist of the North Star a guy from PAX brought up because he was like, video games and death. How do we make them fun? Fist of the North Star is amazing because there's an episode where he touches a dude and then a full 15 minutes later he dies. It's like, <laughs> what? So... So within the it, fiction, is it something that uh, that uh, Ken Kenshiro, yeah, that, that he can trigger, or is it just something that happens after after I'm ne pretty sure nebulous he, chakra flowing has happened? I'm pretty sure he can trigger it because like there's a thing where he does one poke and then one poke, da, 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 <laughs> uh, and then he goes away. The dude tries to murder him with a lot of punches, and Kenshiro is like unfazed by all of it, and he's like. Why isn't this working? What have you done? <gasps> oh, no. He's like, yeah, that's right. I could kill you with a single glance. He's like, but, but I don't deserve to die. He's like, you do deserve to die, but you're already dead. Whoa. Or something like uh, that. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So that's happened. Cool. Raimi's like, you're already dead and I'm going to prove it. Going to stick my hand through your ghost style. And uh, Yoshikage Kira's like, no! You're just the black soul of a dead killer. Do you remember? And then he screams and he has a flashback and we see. He's all like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And everyone's like, don't let him do it. And so who should be the one to save the day? Oh, I wonder who would possibly... Is it the best character in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Do you think? <laughs> Why, Rohan? Oh, you're close. You're so close. But think... Who's better than Rohan? Like, just a few steps above. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Josuke? Oh, you're getting there. You're getting there. But just think it through a little bit more. Use logic. Oh, surely it couldn't be the invisible baby. You're really trying my <laughs> fucking patience here. Like, you know exactly who it is. It's none other than the best. The only. The Koichi. The young man who doesn't have a lot of reach, but his stand does. I get it because he's short. Mm. He's a short one. Yoshikage. Three freeze. Yoshikage Kira is like, I'm going to push this with my hand. Much like a certain bomb trigger motion. And uh, Koichi goes, yeah, well, fuck you. And forces his hand down onto the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, Act three flies around being like, three freeze. Got you now. S-H-I-T, bitch. And Yoshikage Kira is like, why is my hand on the... Koichi. So <laughs> Can't push it. Jotaro still running forward is like, I'm within range now. Star Platinum, the world. Hmm. That's my impression of that sound effect. <laughs> what do you think? I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, it's pretty oh, good. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, he stops time. He stops running. Um, um, he looks at, down at Koichi. who I don't know if you noticed, but Koichi is hanging on to his coat. So there's a moment a little bit from now where Jotaro runs forward in the time stop and Koichi quite literally rides his coattails. <laughs> He's just kind of there being like, man, Koichi, you're the best. He's like, Koichi, you truly are a reliable guy. I'm glad I came to this town and met you. You specifically, Koichi. Truly, you are the protagonist of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. Koichi. Koichi is unbreakable. And he goes, uh, he looks at Kira. Yare, yare. Star Platinum hauls off and breaks Kira's hand. I just love that this bit is Star Platinum punches once. Mm -hmm. In order to break his thumb. Yeah, he's and a, then, first a targeted strike to remove the threat. And then Jotaro knows what he's about. Very yeah. businesslike. Then he stops and he goes... <sighs> yeah, he takes a deep breath. Uh, the classic 
start, uh, part three slash Jotaro beatdown theme kicks in. Etc. Sure. I don't know if that was the right one. But uh, yeah. uh, he takes a moment, inhales, images of all his allies across part four flash across his mind. We've got Josuke, we've got Okuyasu, we've got Rohan, we've got Koichi again. No one else gets a little speech. <laughs> and probably Yukako and Tonio and Hazamata and they're all and the rest. They're all there. But really the main player here was Koichi. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool moment. Like I was surprised first watching it that this was Jotaro doing this and not say Josuke. Mm. But it's just it just works. Yeah. Um it's like the moment before this man's demise. Yeah. He just takes a moment to savor his victory, savor protecting his friends. Now we don't know how long that could have been either. We're well, at the behest of, oh, we cut away maybe for an hour. But... We know time stop is only lasting a couple of seconds at the moment. But maybe he's been lying this whole uh, time. Oh yeah, I can start I can stop time for however the long however the long I want. I just let myself get shot up by those rats to to teach Josuke an important lesson about friendship. Oh man. Uh and then he just hauls off. He does the aura aura thing. Yoshikaga Kira gets real punched up. He goes flying. Time resumes. Everyone's like, he did it. I want to circle back for a sec, because there was a good moment where when Jotaro was running forward, mm-hmm. Kira was like, It's you, it's Jotaro. You're the reason that I developed Bites the Dust because I'm so afraid of you. And Jotaro's like, I gotta stop him. And Kira's like, your being here has put me in a corner, which means that I'm gonna win. Spoiler alert, that doesn't happen. Ah, this explains why there's a part five and not more part four. (laughs) Ah, the further adventures of Kira. (laughs) Uh, He goes flying backwards. He's real messed up. Uh, And then he's still there on the floor. I want to circle back again for a sec, sorry. In uh-huh. that time stop, real interesting colour par- palette. Mm. It reminded me a bit of the colour palette um, of when Rohan was in the depths of his cheap trick yes. inspired despair, but with, yes. but with less um, similar colours, but with less uh, sort of a gloomy edge. It was more yeah. sort of um, cool and triumphant. Very bright, very happy, mm. very like sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so yeah, Kira, he's been sent flying. He's had probably every bone in his body <laughs> broken. Uh, so he hurtles back past the lady who was just with him. And he's like, he's, he's still like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the time thing. You just wait, you damn kids. It's Groundhog Day. And then he gets run over by an ambulance, specifically his head. Uh, and so we see before a tasteful cutaway that basically like his whole head rotates like an owl's head. Mm. So the way that it's described is a guy didn't see him because obviously he lurched forward into the thing because he got punched back. In stopped time. In stopped time. So it just looked like he jumped into the back of this ambulance mm. that was reversing. And uh, the guy was like, no, stop, wait, no. And then run but him there over. there was no time. To the point where everyone runs over to him and is like, well, it basically ripped off his face. Yeah. That poor woman is like, it's my fault. It's my fault this innocent man is dead. I didn't restrain him quickly enough. He must have been in shock. I'll tender my resignation immediately. The first thing... She's gonna need some therapy. Well, I mean, she is a paramedic. True. It's like, the thing that this purely innocent man told me was that his name was Yoshikage Kira and he'd killed 48 women. (laughs) So, I don't know. I should have restrained him more. This perfectly innocent man. I feel like she kind of brushed over that bit. What do you mean? He's perfectly innocent. He was in shock. (laughs) He was babbling, saying all sorts of crazy shit. He wanted my hands. He said he'd murdered women in the past. His name was Yoshikage Kira. One other guy is like, uh, Hey, Kira, I know that name. They've got a big family history in this region. I heard their only surviving son lives alone. And so ends the bout of Kira Yoshikage. Serial killer, hand fetishist, possible immortal time fuckist and no face man everyone is just watching from nearby being like huh how ironic he could remove his own face once but only ever once truly ironic that the removal of that new face is what was going to bring the most closure possible to this situation (laughs) so everyone else is like Oh no, but now we can't bring him to justice. Hayato really wanted him to be brought to proper justice, but the more practical people are like, this would have been very complicated. See, he he doesn't look anything like Yoshikage Akira. Stands So, so uh, it would have been a little bit hard to bring him to justice, given that, you know, it's impossible. So, 
This is the best outcome. There's a very, there's a very dumb moment where, where just after the um, reversal happens, uh, where all the EMTs are like shooing the protagonists out of the um, the cordoned <laughs> off area, and one of them, one of the um, the ambulance staff, says to Josuke, who has a good chunk of a staircase sticking out of his body, <laughs> "Are you one of the injured too?" I just love that. You know, I feel like this is a very Araki thing because we've had many very dumb statements from very smart people like after you see someone get literally bisected where it's like I might be in danger <laughs> uh, this is one of those moments where you're like oh he's got these things sticking out of him he must be able to still move <laughs> it could just be into body mode hey is that just a tattoo on your body or are those really sticks coming out <laughs> one of one of those new 3D tattoos <laughs> I mean, it is 1998, the far future. 1999. 1999, the bizarre the far, summer. The even further future. Whoa. Back in the present, Raimi's doing like a big Phoenix right point, and she's like, so you see, you're dead. You remember now. Idiot. Take that. What was that? That was some Phoenix right music. Oh, there you go. So um, I want to say it was cornered or pursued. <laughs> so Yoshikai Akira's all like, oh. shit. Well... If I'm dead, that's bad. She she continues. Yeah. She gives her gives him her backstory. Like, I'm so bitter and angry about you, about how you murdered me 15 years ago. Do you remember? You couldn't erase my corpse because you didn't have a stand at the time. How could you forget my beautiful face? Me, Rami Sugimoto, ghost. Yoshikage Kira turns around and is like, I'm dead and that's... Oh, what are you saying? Did you forget to take my hand? Like, is that why you didn't remember? Because you couldn't, like, jerk yourself off? I'm sorry, but who are you, though? And she's like, look. Look at the wounds on my back. Oh, I get it. You're that Raimi Sugimoto girl from 15 years ago. But you don't care if I know who you are. I think I know what you're trying so, to do yeah, here. Yeah, she's turned her back. She's exposed her back. Her gambit, as Kira explains here, is that she'll turn her back and, uh, and freak him out by showing him... The wound. Yeah, so... Either he will come in front of her to speak to her, or he will turn away in disgust. Uh, and we saw uh, like a very brief but very pivotal shot just as she started doing this, as she stepped just over the threshold of the um, that mailbox, which, mm. as as we know, and as Kira explains to uh, the serialized manga list, uh, viewer now, uh, is the threshold to enter the zone in which in Mario, in which the spirits walk, and you cannot turn around or. Bad you'll get, shit. You'll get dragged to hell. Very Ki unpositive Jojo. Kira's dad, himself a ghost, explained this to him. <laughs> so Raimi's oh, like, you want me to turn around, but I don't want to turn around. I can get used to being an evil murder ghost. So Raimi's all like, oh, you you, you knew about that. There's a, there's a really cool moment. Mm. He's like grabbing her and like asserting control over her body with his physical force. And like his head passes behind hers from the camera's perspective and when he comes out the other side he's not in the Kasaku Kawajiri body anymore he's the Yoshikage Kira blonde locks uh, beautiful face some might say he's back and he's like I'm Yoshikage Kira my pure evil essence and I'm gonna make you turn around and get dragged to hell see what happens but Raimi's all like oh you didn't think her eyes flash open with resolve that I'd let you just fall for that like that, did you? I like, knew you'd do this. I've been planning this moment for 15 years. When you're a vengeful ghost with only one person to be vengeful against, you got you got plans within plans. <laughs> and then it's like, wait, what do you mean we've been waiting for and 15 we, years? We hear just a very... I didn't notice this bit of sound work until this viewing, but we start to hear a very subtle dripping sound, much like the very drip, drip, drip sound that Raimi heard the night she was murdered. My favourite bit about this is that off to the left of the screen, we see these red eyes mm. just behind like a bush. Sudden flurry of movement as Arnold, our hero, our best friend, leaps into frame, grabs Kira by the arm, literally bites his own hand off. <laughs> and it's just like, arf, arf, motherfucker. Yeah, it's me. I'm Arnold. I'm named after Schwarzenegger, probably, so I'm super strong. So in a, the most beautiful poetic irony I think I've seen this entire season, uh, Arnold bites off the hand that killed him. Yep. And As also, the expression goes. And also forces uh, our antagonist to turn around into the spirits that walk thing. Yep. Because 
gets grabbed by all those nightmare hands, brings out Killer Queen to try to fight them off. There's too many of them. Killer Queen is ripped to shreds. <laughs> and uh, he's all like, but where am I going? What do I do? Raimi's like, I don't give a shit. Later. You're probably going to not rest in peace forever though, so bye. So I want to talk about the aftermath for Kira here. Mm-hmm. Because there's a side, there's like a, a one-off side story here, which explores his fate after okay. being dragged to hell. And I don't think I care. I haven't read it myself, but I've read the synopsis and I don't really care for it. Mm-hmm. And we learn, we only learn the end, we follow an unnamed amnesiac protagonist for this whole story, this whole mm-hmm. one-off story. And at the end, we learn that it is Kira. Okay. Is uh, this official? Yeah, I believe so. I'm going to pull it up. It's called Dead Man's Questions. This sounds like a um, Black Mirror episode. Where it's like, there's a nameless amnesiac. He was bad. Now he's being punished forever. Like, he had a phone, but now he has too many phones. Uh, phone bad. The story follows the day-to-day life of a vagabond spirit trying to find happiness by performing assassination requests. Okay. So basically, this ghost, who we learn is Kira, mm-hmm. is trapped in the living world doing dirty work for a monk who gives him uh, assassination targets that he kills in exchange for money. Okay. He believes that by making this job his purpose to live, he might find happiness. Ah, and that was his undoing. <laughs> so it basically just explores him doing some jobs. Uh, In the living world. Yeah. But he's dead. Yeah. He's a ghost. Hmm. Is this like Soul Reaver where it's like, You will be my Soul Reaver, Raziel. I'll let you take on physical form. But you're still weak as shit, you dumb fuck. I don't know. Like, I suppose... By having to put himself in these dangerous situations as, I don't know if you'd call it penance or just like his new life situation, mm. it is denying him the peaceful life he wanted. Yes, he has to work forever now. But I f- still feel like I would prefer if he was just stuck in a nebulous hell forever. <laughs> if he was just there being like, oh, at last, peace, and then someone was playing the Decemberists nearby forever. I like the Decemberists. I mean, right now, sure, but if you were stuck there with the Decemberists forever you'd be all like can we put on something else yeah i'm getting really like, tired of these eight minute nautical revenge ballads and it's like oh you fool you thought you could pick the playlist <laughs> clearly you haven't seen spotify premium you like the decemberists huh have all the decemberists in the world oh uh, i just wanted a peaceful life that's that that's what happens to him as we learn i don't oh. know if i really care for it oh, okay does he look sick in, like, a ghostly form. He looks like a guy oh from a Clockwork God. Orange. Yes. You know who he looks like, actually? Uh, the dude from Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver. Raziel. He looks like... He literally has a scarf like that. Well, I mean, not as fabulous as that. But, like, you know, he has a scarf like that. Yeah. 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 That's funny, Liam. That's very funny. <laughs> Araki had this to say. Here we go. This is a work where I drew a character who longs for the peace of his heart even after death and who continues to grow mentally. This character is the greatest adversary in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4. Parentheses, Diamond is Unbreakable, Liam added. (laughs) A dead murderer. In the world of life after death, if the spirit lives on, it would not be a world where anything goes, but one where there are rules, just like this world. The ghosts should go through the same amount of hardships as we do, if not more. That was the idea that sparked this story. But drawing this character who couldn't listen to the music he loved so much, it kind of made me cry. And I don't want that out of Kira, to be honest. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I find him loathsome, and I want him to suffer. Forever. Yeah. But he he is suffering in a way. Yeah, but I feel like it kind of undercuts this cool moment, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But what is true suffering, Liam? (laughs) But anyway, for the moment, he is dragged to hell. Raimi is like, fuck you, let's go. Do cool one-shot moment where he's dead. Raimi's all like, ah, ah, I'm happy now. And now I die. So I, is this where we cut to her outside um, Owlson's? Yeah, there is a shot of, like, the sun breaking over Morio as, like, you know, new dawn. Oh, oh. Peace, tranquility. Uh, we're at the Owlson's. Uh, there's a help-wanted sign in the window. Possible future job for Koichi. <gasps> oh, my God. Rohan and Koichi are there because they are, I suppose, the, the key linking relationship to Raimi in this sense. Koichi's all, I can't believe you're going, Raimi. And she's all, yep, I did what I was stuck here to do to resolve my unfinished business. Gonna ascend to heaven or hopefully not descend to hell now. 
Rohan's being a big dumb jerk and Koichi gets really mad at him. Maybe the angriest we've ever seen him outside of a combat situation. So Rohan's like, you know, Raimi, I said it once and I'll say it again. I believe that when you're dead, you should let go of all possessions and just... What are you looking at me like that for, Koichi? Koichi's like getting up in his face and she's all, you're not going to say a proper goodbye, Rohan? And Rohan's like, no, I, I still believe that you should... Let go of all worldly possessions. Koichi grabs him by the, the cuffs and pulls him and is like, listen, you little dick. You're going to say <laughs> nice things to this nice lady before she goes to heaven or I'll murder you. Fine, you know what? I'll say the truth, all right? I'm going to miss you, Raimi, okay? I do like how when he's trying to be tough and cool, he is like visibly sweating. Yeah, and he's like, I have to just get through this one bit. And then everyone will think I'm super cool. And then you can't do it. It's really scary to be openly emotional. I mean, it is, Liam. Vulnerability is hard. <laughs> uh, everyone else shows up. Oh, look, it's Josuke and Okiyasu and and Jotaro and Joseph and the Invisible Baby. And then look over there. It's Yukako and the rest. <laughs> Okiyasu's dad is also there holding Stray Cat, which is nice. He has a friend now. Yeah. Because it can never kill him. <laughs> Suppose not. It's also just Some, as fucked up as he is A now. match made in heaven. Oh. Uh, Let's hope they never have kids. <laughs> Everyone's like, we're here to see you off, Raimi. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. She cries a single tear, which falls to the floor at her feet, explodes in golden light, and she starts to ascend. You say a single tear. A single batch of tears. There it is. Arnold is also there, ascending, looking real weird. Oh no, we we need to fixate on this. (laughs) It's more than a little weird. Like, we're talking the cold, dead eyes of a cold, dead dog. As it just looks... Dead forward, emotionless, not looking at anyone in particular, with a slit throat. Yeah, it'd be good if the um that shot of the tears falling to Raimi's feet was a bit more of a wider <laughs> shot, and it was paralleled by blood dripping from, from Arnold's <laughs> throat. And then combined together, they make the floating pair. There's a ripple, and uh, up. Up they go. Into heaven? question mark hopefully i mean no one really knows what happens at this point they just seem to disappear they fly into the sky and then fade away and everyone's like that's nice yeah yeah so raimi goes with arnold they're all like goodbye living friends because of you this town was saved and she's all like no we all did it we are all mario bye (laughs) night times Kawajiri household. Ah, your father's not home yet, Hayato. I'm starting to get concerned. Hayato's sitting at the dinner table, struggling not to cry into his dinner. He's all like, "Mm, You know what, Mum? I'll wait for Dad. Mum's like, Go ahead and eat, Hayato. I'll wait wait up for Dad, because I love him now. (laughs) No, we'll wait for Dad. We'll be a big, wholesome family. And she's like, That's nice. Have you gotten taller now? You feel like you've grown up some. Hey... That's a comment on his maturation. Mm, much like a certain Koichi. Yeah, but to be fair, Koichi was already top tier, so <laughs> I don't see how, you know. Even yeah. when it was just an egg? Uh, well, egg was pretty okay. It was pretty okay. Yeah. It's no act three. Oh, boy. <laughs> Koichi act three is literal perfection. And we get a final... Montage? No. Final Koichi Moody Mario monologue. Oh, shit. Like how, like, Mario has its problems, but now it's better. And there's a cool shot of, like, um, the Mario town crest, which starts to, like, burn away with film grain, like, mm. you know, when it's overexposed in it. And behind it is, like, rusting brass or yeah, something. Yeah, and it's like, Kira was a, a creature, a monster created by Mario. Can it ever overcome him, even now that he's gone? Kosaku Kawajiri will never come home from work. Shigechi's parents will never see him again. Nor the parents of anyone else who was murdered by Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist. Can we ever recover? Will we? Will those wounds heal? I'm Koichi. This has been Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. And now, a montage. No, not a montage. Oh, for God's sake, when's the montage? We are at the Morio Bay. Jotaro... Invisible Baby, who I will tell you his name, Shizuka Joestar. Nice, uh, nice. And Joseph Joestar are leaving Morio on maybe the very same boat traffic that they arrived on. They're just talking. They're talking about Morio being like, man, Morio, right? Yeah, it's a pretty nice place. Do you worry that it's going to be a problem just leaving like all these crazy stand users here? 
Nah, it'll be uh, fine. Those kids have good hearts. Golden hearts. Golden even. hearts. The same, the very same goldenness in their hearts that we saw amongst our good dead friends that we met when we went to Egypt. Do you remember them, Jotaro? Yes, let's have a flashback now that's the entirety of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders. We open. <laughs> <laughs> And, and while they're talking, we get a brief shot of, of a school-uniformed boy running alongside the pier. <gasps> Why, it's Josuke! Come to see off his uncle, no, his nephew, there and is. his father. And he's all like, hey, old man! Hi! And uh, Joseph is quite touched. He's like, oh, my son, who I'm so proud of, has come to see me off. Quick, hold my invisible baby. Hello, dear son! Hello, son. I'm glad we could connect in some small way over this summer. I'm... I'm glad you've come to forgive me for for never knowing you existed. Hey, do you still have that photo of mum in your wallet? That I gave you recently and told you to put in your wallet? Why, yes, son. I do. I will treasure this photo forever. Well, that's just peachy. And we see Josuke is holding a torn slip of paper, which he exposits. This is torn from that photo. He clasps his hands together and we hear a crazy diamond noise. Shh. Joseph's wallet flies out of his pocket into Josuke's hands and he's like, thanks for the money, old man. Would have been trouble if uh, if you, if your wife had seen the photo of your old lover in your wallet anyway. Hey, you know, it'd be really, uh, real bad for me to leave without an allowance, am I yeah. right? Yeah, dad. Bye. And Joseph is angry and Jotaro is like, <laughs> yeah, these kids are going to be all right. You sure they got golden hearts down there? It's like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Now we cut to a final Morio montage. We b- commence it by zooming in on the invisible baby. And it's like, <laughs> cut to sepia. They never found the invisible baby's da- uh, parents, but Joseph adopted it. Uh, this might have been expanded on more in the manga, but it talks about how, like, since adopting it, Joseph's been dealing with his dementia better. Uh, which is nice. That's nice, I guess. Very sad. I mean, compared, that's... you know, even just at the end of this story compared to how he was at the start of it. Yeah, true, true. Jotaro Kujo wrote his PhD thesis on a certain kind of starfish he saw in the Morio beach. Now, I'm not saying that's how all PhDs work, but from experience and meeting people who have written PhDs, it's pretty much how all PhDs work. Dr. Jotaro Kujo, I presume. (laughs) Tomoko is in her house, looking in her fridge, being like, Ah, Josuke ate my snacks again. I'm gonna... Cheeky fuck. I'm gonna drink his juice. That'll show him. Drinks juice from the carton. (laughs) Do we get any exposition about her future? Don't think so. Life just goes on for Tomoko. She never knew that her, um, much older lover was in town. Probably for the best. No, she didn't know he was in town. She just didn't get to see him. No, she didn't know he was in town. Didn't she? Josuke specifically kept that away from her because it would cause her grief. Uh. Because she still cries about Joseph Joestar when she thinks of him. That is fucking brutal, then. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even get to meet him. All right. Yukako and Koichi meet for a date at the Angelo Stone. Now, the Angelo Stone is looking particularly human today. (laughs) Oh, boy. Those eyes, they are white and black. Still trapped in his eternal torment. It's like... Watching people be normal people without being able to inflict misery on them. (laughs) And they're like, well, are you ready to go on a date? I made you lunch today. <gasps> Koichi and you, uh, yeah, Koichi's all like, wholesome and normal. Good work, Yukako. Let's hold hands. So they, they walk off into the distance, into uh-huh. the horizon, like a Western film. That's nice. And then we cut to... Tonio's restaurant. Okiyasu is there with his dad and his cat plant. And Okiyasu's like, woo, feels real good, doesn't it, dad? Yeah, come on, dad. Maybe Tonio's miraculous food will cure your condition. And uh, he starts scratching away at his skin like Okiyasu did that time. And then he's all green and bubbly now? He's just a shinier, better version of the same gremlin he was. He's like, well, I guess it's better though. Meanwhile, across the restaurant, Yuya Fungami and his... um, his Harem? (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Well, I'm saying it. His harem. His biker babes are there and they're all like, Wow, Yuya, Tonio's food has made you even more handsome. And he's like, that's right. Shine. He glistens in the sunlight. He leaves. Tonio is like, thank you for coming to my restaurant. Again, seeming vaguely sinister. (laughs) But overall, we know he has good intentions. Mm. At the station or whatever, Koichi's family are there being like, did you hear Koichi is dating someone? 
What? Then across the road from them, Yoshikage Kira's old co-workers there are there gossiping like, I heard Kira was run over by an ambulance and then he was talking about murdering people. Spooky. Yes. Yep. The short guys, Hazamata and Tamami, are arguing about something. Who gives a shit about you them? You owe me money. No, you owe me money. Yeah. Well, you owe me a finger. What? What? Kashibe Rohan is in his house. I'm going to see if I can do the thing he does. Sure. So he holds out both fists. Yep. And then he lifts one finger at a time, yep. counting. So he's like one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. N- n- Nick's struggling n- with his uh, second ring finger. N- n- Nine, ten. There we go. See? Easy. Easy. Yep. Uh, yep. Still got them all. And he's all like, warm-up's done. Time wanna, to write my I want to focus in on the symbolism of this particular scene. Yeah. Because stark contrast to how we were introduced to Kashibe Rohan mm-hmm. in Let's Go to the Manga Artist's House, where his house was all shut up, darkened, uh, and he was like peeking out like real scroogey from behind his door. Yeah. Now the windows are open. The house is full of light. He's cheery. He's part of the community. He's become a better person. Would we just... say cheery? I'd say he's distinctly cheery. He's um, okay. All right. He's definitely not like grimly sitting away in his studio. Oh, no, he's happily drawing yeah. his manga. Being part of your community makes you a better person and makes the community a better person. And overall, Kish- the Kashibe Rohan story. It makes the art that you make even more wonderful. Mm-hmm. We zoom in on the latest edition of Pink Dark Boy to the cover. Thanks for the hiatus. We're back on a regular schedule now. Cover flips open. There's a sepia picture of the pylon in there. Zoom into that picture at the pylon. Um, what's his name? What's his name? Frico face. He's frying up some fish and being like, so you really like just coming to the pylon and staring at the town there? And uh, the alien whose man. name escapes me at the moment is there being like, yep, I'm an alien. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, could you imagine that as an affirmation from anyone? It's like, yep. I'm an alien. <laughs> you're like, I didn't ask. What? Huh? Oh, dear. We get a shot of the golden sky of Morio. Everything's good now. Uh, the narrator informs us that for most, the summer of 1999 passed like any other summer. Oh, nice. Oh, and all this whole time, a variant of Great Days has been playing. Uh, Great Days Units version uh, by the Joe uh, star symbol. Yeah. Uh, Which I got to listen to before we started recording. Yeah. Holy shit, yes. So good. So uh, good. Features vocalists of all other JoJo OPs. It's the the first vocalist that really gets Tommy. me. Holy Coming fuck. Coming with that Shining Justice. <laughs> Just, what's the thing that he says? Shining Justice. But like, at the very start yeah, when he starts he says Shining it. Justice. Oh, is that all he says? He says like the next line or two, but it's in Japanese, I don't know. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, it just sounds ridiculous because he's so, like, throaty, you know? It's like Geralt from The Witcher started singing. <laughs> good I, stuff. I can't do it, but, no. you know, yeah. oh, it's good. Uh, and then life in Mario goes on. Uh, our boys, our delinquent boys, Josuke, Okuyasu, and Koichi are doing that delinquent squat outside the Osens and gossiping. Outside that alleyway, in fact. Yeah. Which I... is... Maybe gone? I don't know. Is it still there? Unclear. Hmm. Okay. I heard that Rohan got caught shoplifting recently. What? Did he really? No way. Josuke stands up and says, anyway, let's go. Slings his bag over his back. You missed the most important part. Okiyasu's like, well, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, maybe. And then Koichi's like, well, if you're not sure, then it probably didn't happen, did it? (laughs) Mind you, Rohan, I could believe it. Yeah. Josuke stands up, slings his back over his his backpack over his bag, whatever I'm trying to say, yep. you know, cocks his hip, looks back into the camera and is like, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable is over. Let's all go home. Dun. Let's all go home to our single mothers. <laughs> Every one of these guys seems to have a single parent. Uh, yeah. Tomoko. Yeah. We never see Koichi's dad. Don't think we ever have a reference to him. Uh, and I would stretch to call Okiyasu's father a functional parent, but only one of his biological parents who seems to be alive. Yeah. Unusual. Maybe it's because um, uh, Araki can't draw women. <laughs> Maybe but that's Then why just two out of their three mums? I don't know, because they're just like, they're... I don't know. Why are you putting this question to me? Put Life it to in Sleepy Mario goes on. The dark secrets behind those white picket fences has been exposed. And for now, the town is at peace. But will it ever truly recover from 
Pasha Kage Kira. Oh. oh. And JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable. Will we ever find out? Probably not. Okay, the end of episode. Whew. God damn. God so, damn. Let's get the usual stuff out of the way. So, highlights and lowlights for episode 39 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable. Goodbye, Mario Town, the Golden Heart. Um, well, my highlight is probably the poetic irony of getting your hand eaten off when you're a hand fetishist. That's a very good moment. That was definitely a contender for a highlight for me. That whole rainy revenge sequence. So good. It's just, it's nice that she gets the punishment done. Yeah, she is able to like re-empower herself over her murderer in that sense. So good. Like, oh yeah, I knew you'd try to force me to do that. I'm prepared for you. Fuck you. (laughs) I taught my dog how to execute a complex plan over 15 years. (laughs) That's right. A dead dog can learn new tricks. <laughs> um, but given you've selected that, I think I'll say that my highlight is uh, Jotaro in stopped time. Thanking Koichi, disarming Kira, mm. remembering his allies, and then unloading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thanking Koichi is automatically a highlight, but mm-hmm. that's assume knowledge, you know. Your low light? Mm, my low light. Don't say it's the hands, because you know it's not the hands. I mean, I know what my low light is. Okay, go on. It's just... The random ambulance that runs him over. I mean, we knew there were a bunch of emergency vehicles there. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, the random ambulance that runs him over. I like that. It's like in the sense the town itself, the um, the, the symbols of the protectors of a town, the emergency vehicles, the um, the fire engines, the yeah. uh, the which protect the physical buildings of the town, the uh, the ambulances which protect the people of the town have rejected Yoshikage Kira from their society. <laughs> But it's like, it just, this ambulance just runs him over. Sidebar, that's the other reason why I think Josuke would make a good uh, EMT. Why? Because he could just repair people. Well, because it's ambulance. We talked about that last week, but also the, the ambulance link there is uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think my low light is probably, yeah, it's got to be the boner thing. It's oh, just, God damn it. I don't hate it, but there's just nothing else. It's so good, There's just though. nothing else I can pick to not like in this episode. Oh, it's so good, though. Not even the Angelo stone with its weird beady eyes. That wasn't really anything, though. Ugh, fine. Have you, have you disgusting hand fetish? Nah. Fine. <laughs> so, Nick, we bring Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, to a close. Mm-hmm. So nothing can come after this. Ever. No, there's no Part 5, Liam. There's nothing. That's a wrap on Josuke. Oh. That's a wrap on... Okiyasu. That's a wrap on Rami Sugimoto. That's a wrap on Koichi. That's not a wrap on Koichi. <laughs> no, get out! What? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay, so what you're telling me is, do we ever see? Okay, so we never see Josuke again, presumably. Uh, well, I'm just speaking from the manga here. It's perfectly possible in future we could get some uh, some little vignettes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay, if only people could see just how excited I am to hear that this is not a rap on Koichi. <laughs> I want to ask you, mm-hmm. now that part four has wrapped up, mm-hmm. what's going to happen in part five? No. Oh. What is going to happen mm-hmm. next time on JoJo's World mm-hmm. when we examine Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan, <laughs> episode five, Millionaire Village. Episode five? They have adapted two episodes of Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan. The first one is episode five, Millionaire Village. Okay. And I'll tell you this much, the second one is episode two. Oh, okay. Why are we watching it in that order though? Because that is the order that they were released. (laughs) Okay, sure. Episode five, Millionaire Millionaire Village. Village. Now I'll tell you this much, I don't know what happens. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. So let's, let's both speculate. Alright, so I reckon if... This is a Rohan OVA. Yeah, my understanding with these, Ro- these Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan... Yeah. Um, a lot of them are just like Rohan recounting like an urban legend or something that I've... That, uh, he, he's heard. But I believe that these two are ones with more Rohan elements in them. So, Rohan is going to encounter... Some legend. Some sort of millionaire village or knowing Jojo naming conventions, something entirely unrelated called Millionaire Village. Okay, alright. Maybe it's just a millionaire comes into Mario mm. 
And suddenly it's like... He's buying up the whole town. Someone stop him. Exactly. Only Kishibe Rohan, who spent all that money on Pretty Woman replica furniture, can stop him. <laughs> well, exa- I reckon it's going to be something like that, where it's like, capitalism. It's taking over. It's going to be like a Stardew Valley kind of thing, where it's like, oh, the little people. This is what I wanted from Mario, and now this guy comes in He's with ruining his... everything. Where's my Osens? I don't want this <laughs> big chain Lawsons. Ugh. Actually, I just remembered, I believe that um, Josuke and Tonio have cameos in a um, Rohan Kashibe special, but I don't know if they're just in the background or what. Oh, okay. Um, right. Yeah, just a, uh, God damn it, what are they doing here? I don't want to see them. In the manga, I believe that is not in any of the uh, oh, episodes okay. we've watched, but I could be wrong. Um, my guess is Rohan is going to come across, encounter, or ex- otherwise explore a sort of um, Galt's Gulch or Rapture style millionaire uh escape community <laughs> okay all right so he's just gonna walk in there be like i feel very very at ease here because these people are no class no it's the opposite because as we know from our rejection of ayn Rand's toxic philosophy okay mm. um, <laughs> those sort of communities are inherently unsustainable which is why people in rapture are too spliced up and want to ah, eat your face there you go beautiful I have no idea what's going to happen. I am intrigued. I really hope it's ridiculous. Though. On the off chance we can't find a good means of watching this, then I suppose we'll just continue to part five, but I really hope that isn't the case. Oh boy. Get Kane. Yeah. Do you want to do a quick um, retrospective on part four as, as it relates to parts one through three, as we've done that at the end of every other part? I feel like we could honestly do an entire episode on that. But I don't want to. Okay. Oh, I'll just leave it until we're done with the Rohan OVA. Sure, okay. Because at that point, it's like, now we're done. We've put a button on it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, let's wrap it up. My predictive Araki text bot is coming along nicely. Yeah, that's going to be great. We're going to... Um, what, what's the plan for that? We're going to make um, the output available, like the things that we generate with it will be posted on our Twitter. However, yeah. um, it, our patrons will have access to the um, to the bot itself once we get it into a, into a condition when we're ready to share it. Yeah, because right now... I'm basically using this thing called Botnik, right? And all you have to do is get a text document, fill it with sentences, and then upload it to this thing. But unfortunately, the sheer number of things you need to put into that text document is insane. So I've put in all the author's notes, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still not enough. (laughs) It's still not enough. And I don't know what I can add in there. Maybe I'll have to get like stand descriptions. Yeah, uh, Jojo Valley commentaries. Yeah. uh... We got we got more stuff we can pull from. Yeah, it's gonna be a while until it's ready, but man, when it's ready, oh boy, it's gonna be uh, a good time. On the note of the Patreon, um, as you may have seen on our Twitter or the Patreon itself recently, we have revamped our um our reward structure, um, such that now any patron, no matter the level, will have access to our special bonus episodes. Woo! Uh, so for one dollar a month, you can have another hour to hour and a half of us just. Doing whatever the hell we want. Sweet fucking nonsense. We did a very fun episode over New Year's, which was our um, top 10 anime of 2018. Definitely anime. Yeah, definitely. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I want to do for the March Madness edition a um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure draft bracket. A draft. Oh, yes. I'd be down for that. And uh, and many more. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many ideas. Check the Patreon for complete details. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, our theme music is Joe Grassy mm-hmm. by, by Milk me? Juice. Our new theme tune coming soon. I've received a couple of drop suggestions for Nick to incorporate into that. Uh, haven't shared them or grabbed them from YouTube yet. Uh, but if you have any more good ideas from episodes of Part Five that have come out since then, I'm talking like iconic things a character might be saying. Uh, ideally something that's recognisable in English uh, to some degree or another, but uh, not mandatory. Okay. If you got anything, let me know. Also a good, also very helpful if you let me know like scene it's in or episode or timestamp, just so it's easier for me to get it. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, sick. And until next time, goodbye, Mario, the golden heart. Bye.